Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And today we find them actually backing Israel's genocide. That is not an expression that is associated with uh, liberalism. Can I come back to uh, Henry Kissinger for a second? There is no Muslim country capable of helping the people in Gaza because none of them dare to do anything against this superpower, America. (laughs) And of course, now we have LGBT. So they have no more respect for marriage and for family. We look at the events in Gaza and we can only surmise that the Muslim world is impotent to act. Well, these are Muslim countries, but we don't live the way of the Muslims as uh, advocated in the Quran, for example. Um, Can I ask you about the rise of China? The Europeans, on the other hand, if they see a nice piece of uh, land, they would want to take it over. This week, the world has reflected on the death of former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger. As Nixon's national security advisor, he was notorious for his ultra-realist approach to international politics, which saw the policy of triangulation with China and the Soviet Union that was pivotal in bringing China into the Western sphere and ultimately helping the emerging economy become a global power. But also, Kissinger saw over the carpet bombing of Laos and Cambodia in a failed attempt to solicit concessions from the North Vietnamese. Such unscrupulous foreign policy is again on display over Gaza, the silence with which the Western powers have embraced the slaughter and the tacit if not open approval of Israel's behaviour evokes a long-standing memory in the global south about a racist colonial logic. Today, we would like to explore this with our very own elder statesman, Dr. Mahathir Mohamed. Dr. Mahathir Mohamed has been Malaysia's longest serving prime minister for some 22 years. 
He has stewarded Malaysia through a difficult period. Today, it is a thriving economy. He came back to power briefly after winning a resounding victory in 2018. Dr. Mahathir has seen firsthand in his 98 years the rise of America and the establishment of Israel, but also the sorry state of much of our Ummah. And today, we would like to tap into his extensive knowledge and his wisdom. Dr. Mahathir Muhammad, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, and welcome to the Thinking Muslim. Wa alaikum salam. Well, it's a really, it's an honor to have you with us, and uh, I've, uh, I'm very grateful for your time today. Now, Dr. Mahathir, can I first maybe begin to get your reflections on the passing of Henry Kissinger? I understand he had taught you as a student at Harvard. How does his life inform us about the trajectory of U.S. foreign policy? When I met him, it was before he became Secretary of State for the U.S. Mm -hmm. But already we can see the kind of uh, uh, trend or attitude that was adopted by Kitchener. He believed completely that uh, the U.S. Is, uh, is a world power and it must behave like a world power. It must interfere in any country uh, as if it is its right. So that attitude has led him to uh, take uh, actions against uh, small countries, like bombing them and the like. Of course, he also uh, established contact with China, but China's uh, Change from being a backward country to its uh, uh, very uh, high uh, level of uh, development. Uh, it's not so much because of Kissinger. Ting mm. uh, Xiaoping was the one who uh, influenced China to change because this man has got very simple ideas. He said, doesn't matter whether the cat is black or white, as long as it delivers a mouse. So he wants to see, he wanted to see China become developed. And coming into contact with America was something that China accepts, that the world is full of great powers, and among them was the US, and whatever you do, the U.S. will react to the possible effect of your, your policies. You met Kissinger on a number of occasions. Um, now, Kissinger does have, as you intimated there, a very dubious record in the region, in particular the carpet bombing of Laos. Um, in a way, this links to our discussion, or at least our focus of our discussion today on, on the Gaza crisis. How do you think the West justifies such acts of genocidal murder? The West cannot justify what they have done. This all began when they created the State of Israel without even having a referendum in Palestine. They simply take a piece of uh, Palestine and give to Israel and call it uh, uh, a Jewish country. You can't do that because to do that, normally you have a referendum to find out whether the people agree to the change or not. 
but the West uh, oh, ignored the rights of other people and decided that uh, Israel should be created out of uh, Palestine land. So this is an example of the attitude of the West. Without any mandate, they can decide on the fate of other, other countries. You've uh, interacted with the great and the good from within the Western world. Um, do you conclude that there is a deeper reason behind their double standards, maybe may a more profound reason? Are there, um, I suppose, ideological and cultural reasons why they value or devalue the lives of others, in particular those in Gaza, but also those in your region uh, during the Vietnam conflict? Well, when you examine history, you find that certain people had an overwhelming influence over the development of uh, uh, not just countries, mm. but their value system, their culture. Mm. And long ago, uh, this uh, idea that everyone is born equal was uh, proposed. And uh, at that time, there was no equality between the Jews and the Europeans. They used to have pogroms against the Jews. But once this idea of equality uh, is uh, accepted, then they, can, they could not uh, discriminate against the Jews. And that, uh, that has affected European uh, policies over, uh, well, many, many decades. I remember recently I watched a uh, a piece that you had you had done where you made a comparison between uh, the experiences of the Palestinians and the ethnic cleansing of the Palestinians and the building of settlements and that of the early American migrants, uh, the European migrants to America. Uh, can you speak to that a little bit more for me? I mean, why why make that connection between two very distant uh, events? Well, uh, the state of Israel is created by seizing territory belonging to the Palestinians. In the past, uh, during the, the great age of uh, Western empires, they do not mind taking over land which they would declare as uh, non-inhabited, uh, uh, terra nullis. But, um, they have taken so many, so many land, declaring that this this land did not belong to anyone. So they could take. They took, of course, the whole of North and South America. They took Australia. They took New Zealand and many other places. For them, the world is for them. Uh, they can do what they like. And this behavior is seen uh, today. Uh, I, I believe that... Uh, they took North America after committing genocide against the Red Indian. Now Israel seems bent on, uh, well, committing genocide on the Palestinian, particularly Gazan, then uh, that will solve their problem. The final solution to their problem is to get rid completely of Hamas. But they are wrong, of course. Do you think the solution is even more than that? They want to uh, expunge 
Gaza, really, of the Palestinians uh, and use Hamas as a pretext. Yeah, I, I know. The, we are told that during the first attack by Hamas, 1,400 uh, um, Israelis were killed. Mm. But we don't see any pictures of them. We don't see any buildings uh, being uh, devastated by the attack uh, by, uh, by Hamas. I believe that, as usual, they invent reasons for taking action. Just as uh, they invaded Iraq by saying that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. In the end, they had to admit that Iraq had no weapons of mass destruction. To say that uh, they did not know is not, uh, not credible. Uh, the the CIA knows everything about everybody because this is their job. So whenever they give an excuse to take action, uh, they, they, we have to question whether there is uh, truth or not in the excuse they have given. So in the case of, uh, of Gaza, of course, uh, the Israelis... Uh, would uh, consider eliminating Hamas and Gaza completely would be a final solution to their problem. Dr. Mahater, can I ask you about uh, the Western ideology? You, you mentioned there that um, the West was built upon a number of principles, equality being one. We can probably say these are liberal principles or principles of liberalism. Um, there seems to me a question mark at the moment about whether liberalism is really fit to be uh, the global ideology. You know, as someone who is a, a global statesman and you've had many a year meeting global statesmen, that at the end of the Cold War, Francis Fukuyama claimed that the end of history had arrived and liberalism and democracy would now, and capitalism would now be the final a system for human development. I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts about the efficacy of liberalism? Uh, if you look at history, we'll find that the Europeans uh, are good at inventing new things, including systems of government. Right. They, most of them were monarchies before. Yeah. But when France decided to become a republic, all the others followed suit. So they changed their value system and their culture. So in the case of, uh, of uh, about liberalism, they believe that if they are liberal, it is much more humane. But then they come up against problems where they had to be illiberal. They had to attack and, well, kill people in order to achieve their objectives. Mm -hmm. So they are liberal in certain, certain cases but not so liberal in other cases. And today we find them actually backing Israel's genocide. That is not an expression that is associated with uh, liberalism. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, can I come back to uh, Henry Kissinger for a second? Because... Of course, the, the Americans lament the, uh, the passing of, a, of, a, of an international statesman. Um, but, but in many ways, Henry Kissinger, I suppose he represented um, American foreign policy. America 
after 1945, created this world order, the rules-based system, the liberal world order. Are you in under the impression that um, this order is now really in decline? We're now seeing the tail end of this American rule-based system. Well, uh, we, we are seeing now changes in moral values of uh, America and the West. Right. Uh, today, uh, they are they are they're willing to wear torn clothing as being fashionable, <laughs> and of course now we have LGBT, so they have no more respect for marriage and for family. Anybody living together can be called a family, mm. if, even when a man lives with another man, that is a family. So the the whole concept of marriage and legitimacy is no longer upheld by the Western people. They have uh, decided that anything that is in the way of their freedom must be done away with. So in terms of clothing, in terms of behavior, in terms of uh, uh, social life, marriage and children and uh, uh, families and all that, these are no longer uh, something that they would uphold because now they want to be free, free of everything. And in fact, it also means that, that we cannot hold them to being liberal because when it suits them, they are not liberal. We are seeing that now. Dr. Mahato, you have uh, interacted with not just Western leaders, but also leaders in the Muslim world. Now, we look at the events in Gaza and we can only surmise that the Muslim world is impotent to act. Even after the 1973 war, um, there was some form of action which punitively harmed the economy of the West. But today we see very little. In fact, we have seen over the last few years, many of the Arab states queue up to sign agreements, the Abraham Accords and various uh, agreements, some under the table and some very apparent with the state of Israel. Um, how do you assess the current status of these Muslim countries? Well, these are Muslim countries, but we don't live the way of the Muslims as uh, advocated in the Quran, for example. We, de we do things that are forbidden um, of Muslims. For example, a Muslim may not kill. To kill a person is like to killing the whole of mankind. That is what is advocated uh, in the way of life of a Muslim. But we can see now that Muslims do not follow the teachings of Quran. And because of that, they, they lost touch with uh, development. At one time, there were Muslim countries were way ahead of the West in terms of the sciences and the like. And there was uh, one country which became a world power, that is Turkey. But now because uh, of this uh, belief that um, you, only, uh, you only get married if you study religion, mm -hmm. but if you study other subjects, the, you get no merit for the afterlife. So Muslims have given up 
their former studies of the sciences and mathematics. And as a result, they have become very weak, very dependent upon the West for their own uh, defense. So uh, the Muslim today, none of the Muslim countries today can claim to be a developed country. And all of them are uh, somehow or other uh, uh, under, well, very much influenced by America. Uh, it is a, a big market for them, and uh, they depend upon America for, the, for their own protection. So now they find that there is no Muslim country capable of helping the people in Gaza because none of them dare to do anything against this superpower, America. So this is the problem with the Muslims themselves. They need to catch up with the West to become developed the way Japan, Korea, China has developed. We have the same capacity, but unfortunately, we are spending our time fighting against each other. And as a result, we are very backward and quite incapable of defending ourselves. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You previously uh, have spoken about the establishment of some form of Islamic union, maybe an economic union. Uh, this has never really materialized. The uh, international organizations uh, that govern the relationships between Muslim states like the OIC and the Arab League are very weak organizations. How plausible is it in your mind that Muslims can uh, establish this type of union to solidify their ranks? Well, for one thing, uh, Muslims believe that a decision can only be taken if everybody agrees. Mm. They don't go by the majority. And when they form a, a grouping, they need to agree, all of them to agree, before they can take any action. So at any one time, uh, any problem faced by them could not be resolved because there would be some Muslim country which disagree, and therefore there is no unanimity. So this is what is uh, holding up organizations like the OIC uh, with 50 over countries, trying to find, find something that is uh, 
accepted by all 50 is almost impossible. That is why OIC has become quite powerless. Uh, if it goes by majority, perhaps it can. So whenever uh, any country tries to do things on, on their own, like uh, working together, uh, the, the OIC would believe that uh, we are uh, going against the principle of uh, uh, Muslim unity through the I OIC. So Muslims generally are paralyzed by the idea that decisions can only be made if you have unanimity. Do you think there's room for um, greater economic union between uh, the Muslim states as a as a place to start uh, this this um, um, trajectory towards a greater union? With all of the frailties that you've described so far, um, I mean, it seems to me that there are some great commonalities between uh, Indonesia, for example, and Malaysia, between Pakistan and and Malaysia and Indonesia. And in fact, there was talk previously about uh, establishing it, and it, it was scuppered, of course. Um, you know, how, how possible is it for, uh, for such a union to arrive? Well, if it is between two countries, bilateral relations, that is possible. It is even possible to have a few countries, like-minded countries, to work together. But uh, if you expect all the Muslims in the world to come together to make decisions, that is impossible because some countries would have their own opinion and that they would insist that only when everybody agrees can a decision be made. So Muslim uh, gathering of uh, all the Muslim uh, uh, countries gathering together just cannot happen because uh, they will never agree to have anything done, make any decision, because there would be no consensus. Then is the nation-state the problem here? Um, you spoke of the, the great power that was Turkey. Turkey was part of an empire. It was the Ottoman state, a caliphate. Um, is our problem as a Muslim ummah that we are divided because we are principally divided by nation-states with national interests. Well, there is that problem too. Um, but uh, to go down to the division between us, we notice that even between tribes, like in Libya, they are all Sunni Muslim, but they cannot live together. They have to fight each other to try and take things for, for themselves. And they, even to the tribal differences uh, among them would cause them to, uh, to reject working together. So a union of Muslim countries, a big union is not possible, but a small union of maybe uh, four or five countries, it may be possible. Um, can I ask you about the rise of China? Now, um, in the West, of course, the rise of China is a very big concern. And we see regular articles written in journals like Foreign Affairs uh, ringing alarm bells, really, about, about this rise. Um, 
you have previously shown some reserve towards China's influence in in Malaysia. But I think last year you gave a speech to the ASEAN uh, countries where you called for a move closer to China because they have a less interventionist approach to the region. Can you please expand on, on that? Well, Malaysia is a multiracial country. Mm. We have almost 30% of the population are made up of people of Chinese origin. Mm. Uh, of course, there would be conflicts between uh, their, their uh, racial group and the indigenous people, the Malays. But that is within the country. We may have problem getting together uh, in the country. But we accept that China is a country on its own and it is a powerful country. At one time, it did dominate the world. And now it, it has come back. And China is uh, a very big market for the products of Malaysia. So we do not... Uh, uh, look at the local Chinese and the China Chinese as being the same. The local Chinese are people, Malaysians, but China Chinese, they are truly Chinese, adhering to their uh, loyalty to their country. And we have no problem with that. So our attitude towards the local Chinese does not reflect our attitude, does not follow our attitude with regard to our relation with China as a nation. But but what about the country uh, or the power that is China now? I mean, again, the talk here in the West is that as China strengthens, uh, it's going to, in a way, follow the same trajectory as Western powers, as America followed, and that's one of hegemony. Um, China, for example, is accused uh, through its Belt and Road projects of debt diplomacy uh, binding countries towards its orbit. So there is a fear that China is using, yeah, you know, very Kissingerian tactics in a way to uh, to become a powerful superpower, um, and and the potential for conflict is is present. Well, the European believes that what they do would be the same as what others will do. Mm. For example, they used to colonize, to even conquer countries which they say are uninhabited. They, they not only uh, take over the countries, they uh, change the countries to suit their own uh, culture, their own needs. But China is very close to Malaysia. For 2,000 years, we have had trade with China, but China never conquered us. On the other hand, when the Portuguese came here in 1509, two years later, they came and conquered Malacca. So the attitude is quite different. China, China's attitude and uh, European attitude is not similar at all. The Chinese have not conquered. They can, because they are powerful, they can conquer many countries, but they prefer to trade with these countries. And the Europeans, on the other hand, if they see a nice piece of uh, land, they would want to take it over. And they colonize uh, those uh, so-called empty land. 
So do you then believe that China provides a better model for political and economic development to that of the West? Well, uh, China has its own way of doing things. It cannot be exactly what the Europeans do. Obviously, it, uh, China has changed from being a, a, a communist country uh, and no regard for the market and all that. It has now become a very big, um, almost a capitalist country. Depending upon the market, it has become rich. And when it becomes rich and powerful, obviously it tries to influence uh, what happened matters regarding the world itself. So China will come, will become more and more prominent into the future. Can, can I uh, then turn to the um, uh, Islamic world? Because at, at the moment, uh, we are observing a power transition. They call it Easternization, which I'm sure you're very familiar with in, in your region. And um, the West is very worried about how uh, economic might is slowly moving eastwards. Um, now, in in that in this power shift, there is some discussion about how countries in between can develop strategic autonomy and can try to uh, carve out their own political and economic fortunes. Do you think this difficult transitional period between America and the rise of China? gives the Muslim world more of an opportunity to develop an independent path? Well, America is used to dominating the world. Mm. The idea that there is another power which can challenge America is not acceptable to America. But this is something that cannot be stopped because China, with uh, 1.6 million people, 1 billion people, it's a big country, it's a big market, and they have the skills and the capacity to develop their country. You can't stop them from developing their country. But what is important, of course, is that uh, the world cannot always be dominated by the Europeans. This is something that they don't like, but whether they like it or not, they will have to share uh, influence uh, with, with China. You can't stop China from developing and becoming a powerful a power in, in, in this world. They have a right to. So the idea that they, want, they wanted ASEAN, for example, the Southeast Asian countries, to go against China is not something that ASEAN would like to because we find China is useful in many ways. Certainly, it is a big market and it has helped to enrich many countries. In, in uh, a previous answer, you spoke about uh, the Islamic world and, and its greatness and its grandeur. And, and of course, uh, we've lamented over uh, our sorry state today in relation to Gaza. Can I ask you about um, whether our best days as an ummah are over? Because... There is discussion, constant discussion, continuous discussion uh, that we're in a state of doom and gloom. But also there is a discussion about the need for Islamic and Muslim revival once again. Uh, should we treat ourselves like Rome, 
We were once a great civilization, but we now have to accept and manage our decline. Or should we have aspirations to build our ummah and our religious uh, uh, selves once again in, in the world? Well, my, my view is that um, although we call ourselves Muslims, but we do not follow the teachings of Islam. We follow the teachings of people who emerge as leaders or even great scholars. But if you go back to the Quran, there are many guide, many uh, injunctions of the Quran, which if we follow, we can become great again. But we don't. We, we are Muslims uh, in the sense that we pray, uh, we pay the zakat, and we uh, uh, do the five uh, pillars. We accept the five pillars of Islam. But beyond that, no. Uh, we are told not to kill. Not to kill people, we kill. We are told that all Muslims are brothers. We are not. We are told that the, uh, Islam uh, insists on justice. If you judge, you must judge with that justice. But we don't judge with justice. And we have this... Uh, many other social problems which are not Islamic at all, sometimes against Islamic teaching. I believe that if we go back to the Quran, we would become good people again, successful people. But we are not, we don't need, when it comes to Ikhra, to read, uh, we think that it is about reading only about religion. But there is no specification that Ikhra is about studying religion. You have, had, in the past, Muslims who were very uh, uh, well learned in terms of uh, other uh, fields of knowledge. They were good scientists, they were good mathematicians and all that in the Muslim countries. That was when the Muslims were great. But now we are interpreting Islam not according to the uh, the Quran, but uh, the views of some people. And because of that, we follow such people and we are now divided. Uh, there was no Shia, no uh, Sunni at, at the time of the Prophet. But we invented all kinds of divisions among us, uh, so, so much so that we end up fighting each other, not treating each other as brothers. Dr. Mahathir, I, I said at the very beginning of the program that um, you know you are like an elder statesman to to the Muslim to 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 all of us, and um, you've lived through uh, a lot in your ninety eight years. Um, if you could give some advice to your eighteen year old self back at the age of eighteen, what would you say to yourself, Dr. Mahathir? I would say that we should all read the Quran in a language that you understand. Then you can get guidance from the Quran. But we read the Quran mainly in Arabic, and we don't understand Arabic, and therefore we don't get the benefit of the guidance that is to be found in the Quran. I would suggest that a good translation of the Quran be made, and people should study the Quran. They, they can continue reading the Quran in Arabic but they must know the values that are promoted in the Quran 
as part of uh, the Islamic way of life. One final, one very final question for you, Dr. Mahathir. It's been fascinating listening to your to your views. Um, there is a discussion about uh, tensions between America and China, in particular over flashpoints like Taiwan. And some uh, very notable academics and, and theorists have argued that we may see a, a global conflict within the next 10 years. Do you feel that uh, war between China and America is now unavoidable? I don't think it is unavoidable. You see, China and Taiwan uh, have different ideas. Mm. China believes in one China. Taiwan believes that Taiwan is a separate country. And there, there is tension, but they work with each other. Taiwan has invested a lot in China. And China, Chinese tourists go to Taiwan. There was no fight. But then the Speaker of uh, Congress, Pel, 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 what's his name? Forget it. Uh, went to, to Taiwan. Yes. What for? Why do you go to Taiwan? In order to increase tension, to cause tension between Taiwan and, and China. And when that happens, uh, the Taiwanese are persuaded to rearm, to protect themselves from China, China's invasion. So they buy a lot of weapons, you know, from whom. So, and of course, China had to react uh, against that. Things were quite okay. I think China finds Taiwan quite useful as an outlet, but uh, America doesn't want that to happen. Just like between Ukraine and and Russia, uh, they keep on inviting Ukraine to join NATO, but then they didn't accept Ukraine, and of course uh, that is provoking Russia. And now there is a war, and a lot of uh, Ukrainian people are going to die. The country will be devastated. Where before? They were a part of the Eastern Bloc, and when they became free, they were not a part of uh, the Western Bloc. They want to be, they should be on their own. Russia is not, would not have invaded Ukraine if it's not for this idea that Ukraine should uh, uh, join NATO. So there is provocation on the part of the West, uh, knowing full well that uh, there might be a war, and sure enough, with provocation, you see a war being fought. Poor Ukraine, totally destroyed, used as a, um, a way to exhaust Russia, weaken Russia, to see whether Russia has the capacity or not. And thousands of Ukrainian people are dying, millions are leaving the country, all this was not there before, before uh, this uh, idea that Ukraine should join NATO. Dr. Mahatma Mohammed, it's really been a pleasure uh, speaking to you today. Thank you very much for your for your generous time. You're welcome. Please remember to subscribe to our social media and YouTube channels, and head over to our website thinkingmuslim.com to sign up to my weekly newsletter. Jazakallah khair. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.